We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe, hello! Normally I go into a whole spiel about Out Now as a film podcast and all that stuff, but this is another episode of Out Now Nights. Nights. This is Out Now Nights uh, 14. 14. Why we number the Nights episode, I'm not quite sure. We probably, we could have easily yeah. just keep saying it's an Out Now Nights episode, but we do that yeah, anyway. Out Now Nights. Yeah. It's a fun episode. Anyway, but semantics regarding the titling of these episodes aside, um, I wanted to do this episode because I think the film It, which we just discussed on our most recent episode, episode 298, for those keeping track, we, we talked about It, and it was a good episode. Uh, we like, enjoyed having our guests on, Matt and Brad. But, you know, some of these movies, I think, tend to, tend to benefit from a more spoilery conversation, and we don't like to do heavy spoilers on the show unless we otherwise note it. Um, right. And also... Just the length of certain episodes doesn't necessarily require us to go into a whole other realms of things, but I figured it seemed like a movie where we were kind of, we were as a panel we were kind of split on, uh, but I think deserves further discussion regarding kind of where the film goes and the potential for its you know its inevitable sequel and what have you. And uh, so Abe and I, we've, we've got together, we have another set of guests here to talk about the film. Um, joining us, we have uh, Tyler Smith. Hello, I'm not sure how much longer I can be on because this has not, not seemed to be working for me. Oh, no. We'll do, we'll do the best Yeah, we can. sorry. It's all right. And also, I will do my best. Okay. And also uh, Peter Paris. Hey, hey, everyone. Good to be back on. Always nice. Always a pleasure. For sure. Thanks, Peter. Yeah. Um, and yes, of course, good to have you guys back on here. It's even spookier than last time when we did an 8 o'clock show. Now it's a 10 o'clock show. I mean, once we get closer to October, it just gets spookier. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, well, let's jump into it. At all times of day. But yeah. um, yes, no, yeah. Uh, so I guess as we get started. So yeah, that's what this episode is going to be. It's going to be a heavy spoiler episode of It. Um, along with, you know, further thoughts on the film in general and whatnot. But yeah, if you haven't seen It or you, you know, plan to or... You know, you don't want to know what happened in a movie that's based off a very popular novel that already had a miniseries and you're still, you know, resigned to not knowing the details of what goes on said plot. You know, feel free to turn that off or just keep listening anyway if you want to. I don't know. Um, but <laughs> before we dive further into that territory, let's get to some general thoughts again. I know Abe and I, I'm not a huge fan of the film. I think it does a lot of things. Uh, it does things pretty well, but other things enough to kind of sway me the other direction. I wasn't too much of a fan of. Abe, you're a bit more positive. I was, I, I was, uh, I enjoyed my experience in the theater. However, I think it failed as a as a scary horror movie uh, on Stephen King levels. So let's get to you guys, Peter Paris. What what are your general thoughts on the film? I had a pretty good time, and I think I think that Abe kind of hit it there. Where um, it's funny because I saw it with you, Aaron, and uh, the the wonderful Scott Mendelson. And it, besides you two, that's what we're calling. Uh, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but besides, but besides you two, I felt like it. It was a very fun, packed screening, crowd, very loud movie, and it was very much the kind of thing where I was like, "Oh, this is this." this my experience of this is enhanced because I'm seeing with a lot of people that are excited to see this and stuff, which happens with you know these kind of movies, but it doesn't necessarily happen with a lot of horror. So that was kind of cool. But it was interesting though because I was sitting right next to you who I could tell was not into the movie as much as I was. So that was kind of interesting. Um, but I enjoyed it. I don't, I certainly don't think it's perfect or anything, but um, I, yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was good. I, I have never, I never saw the night. I never saw the nineties miniseries. I never read the book. Of course I had heard about the Tim Curry clown thing. Um, but I had been very excited to see this ever since the trailers. Um, and I liked the, I don't remember the director's name, but I liked mama. Andy so Andy Muchetti. 
We tried it. Yeah. So I, I had a pretty good time. Um, we'll, we'll get into spoilers and criticism stuff, but overall, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I, I thought it, I liked the kids. So yeah. Tyler Smith, what did you think of the film? Well, um, here's something that that struck me is I, I believe I was in the same uh, screening as as you guys. Uh, I think I saw you on my way out, and you know, at the end of at the end of that screening, there was applause in the theater, which really struck me as odd. And uh, although not necessarily in the moment, in the moment I was kind of I, I was enjoying the film. I was certainly enjoying the kids. I thought together as an ensemble and based on that it's a, it's a film i would actually recommend and some of the scares are pretty solid and this and the uh, bill skarsgård as the as the clown does a good job um but when i started to think back on it and as, as i was writing my review i found that it just it's something that never quite gelled for me as far as the creation of the world uh the world of dairy and the general tone of the film never seemed to know what it wanted to be uh i knew what it was trying to be but i feel like it didn't necessarily all come together so it's a film that that wound up frustrating me because there are there are elements that i love that i genuinely love but there are other things where it just felt like i didn't know how i was supposed to feel i didn't know what i was supposed to think and yeah it's it's a film that is ultimately frustrating for me because there are so many good elements, but there are also some things that just are just do not come together for me. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, well, thank you for that. Now we so I, I like to think we all have a good idea of what we all think of the film at this point for the purpose of this. But now, I mean, we could obviously we can keep going over what does and doesn't work or whatnot. But I I guess I want to get into I mean, the, th- the thing I want to keep coming back to, and I think this will kind of lead us into where how things, you know, kind of wind up is the characters, because I think, obviously, you know, we're walking into a horror movie, ideally you want to have some kind of, not necessarily be scared, but at least have the kind of the the thought of, like, hey, I'm enjoying the kind of the attempts they are making to bring out a level of thrill in this, but what many have come back to is that it's not just a horror movie, and even there's been even very confusing discussion about how the, arc, the movie doesn't even qualify for the genre of horror, which has puzzled me beyond reason, um, but what people keep coming back to is that you know not in addition to being a horror film it's a it's a good character drama it really captures this kind of coming of age spirit which is something that i ever argued against i don't think it's as effective in that kind of sense and so to speak to that i keep looking at you know some of the you know the characters separately and thinking just how effective they really are in the overall arc of this story where i think some stand out obviously because they have the most to do and they're the most developed and they're involved the most such as uh, such as Bill or Bev or uh, even uh, even uh, Ben, um, but others really just kind of fade in the background. So I guess I want to proceed from that point just to kind of uh, hopefully kind of lead us into you know how the movie ends or whatnot. But do, do you guys see what I'm speaking of when I when I kind of say yeah that, say certainly that? yeah I I think I do I I remember when when the movie was over I think the first thing I said to you was I thought this was that it is that weird thing that happens every now and then where it, it, it's 135 minutes, right? Like it's a pretty long movie, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Right? This is that weird thing where it's 135 minutes. I feel the length, but I also feel that it feels rushed, which is that maybe what you're talking about when you're talking about the kids that maybe, maybe you wanting more development and stuff like, so I can kind of see what you're saying i mean for me it was more that i was like wow i really like these actors i think they have a lot of chemistry together 
And I guess that's enough. Like, because the other thing too, and this again is coming from a person who's going in cold, is that while I wouldn't have minded maybe some more moments of downtime and they're just hanging out and stuff, I always like that kind of stuff for characters. I, I, I love that kind of stuff. But from what I can tell, and if, if any of you've read the book, you can please tell me, it's a pretty straightforward story. So there's a weird part of me that's like, yeah, I guess character development would be nice, but really, I don't know how much there is to tell. It's 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 seven kids who don't really know, who some of them don't know each other, and they're afraid. They they find out they're essentially afraid of the same thing. This clown, and this clown is trying to kill them, and they, as kids, decide to gang up and defeat the clown. That's the story. So I don't know. While I is it Peter? That, like, is it? <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I don't know. But I mean, is the the mini series <laughs> is the book like? is there something I'm missing where you'd be like, well, Pete, actually blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't know. Like it sure. feels like pretty straightforward. Same thing with stranger things, stranger. How, things. how dare you get too ahead of us, Peter? <laughs> well, but, so, uh, now let me address the, yeah, the character it, thing. Cause I, I agree with Tyler on it, which is, and Aaron, which is the characters feel paper thin. So I, I can't agree with you when you're saying that the characters feel like they're, they're really developed. And there's like, six six of them right seven. Six there's seven there's seven. seven of them there are seven of them and they just really aren't given enough uh screen time and i understand that yeah it's a thousand page book and it's a it's a two plus hour movie uh so it's not as though you need to get into a lot of the it's not as though you need to get into a lot of the uh the background story of these characters or you can't really for it to proceed uh to get to the conclusion that it's trying to get to but they just really throw them in there and like I said on the on the review, that you have the 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 core, which is Stanley, Eddie, Bill, and Richard, and those four are like buds from oh, right. okay. junior high school, and they don't really have any sort of scenes where you can kind of mesh them together and be like, oh well, you know, um, this is why they're friends, not because they're all losers or not because like they all hang out together. It's just more like. Well, you know what? They they grew up together or whatever the case. Like it, it feels strange to have them walking through a hallway and then just basically uh, end up you just run with that. Whereas like again, in Stranger Things, they're playing Dungeons and Dragons in the basement uh, and then uh, they all have to go home and there's only four of them and even though you don't get a great sense of uh, two of the characters, I'd say that you have a really strong sense of at least uh, the other two of the characters in Stranger Things. Um, and then you can really get the sense of com- uh, camaraderie, whereas this one, I just didn't feel that way. Um, and it's kind of, it goes up and down, right? Because there are some times where they feel stronger than others. But Aaron, I, I want to get to something that you had mentioned, which was Richie's just written in a way that doesn't seem like uh, any normal 12 or 13 year old kid would be written. Um, and that kind of really takes away from that character, even I mean- though he's the most lively of them. Let me, let me, before we say, let me just say, uh, Tyler's been having some internet issues, so we're, I'm trying to get him back into this conversation, and if he can, that's great. If he can't, that's unfortunate, but we're going to, we're yeah. going to keep moving on just to address. Yeah, Gorgon got him? Yeah, probably. Just to address why he's, you know, suddenly not speaking as much. Um, let me, uh, to address your question, I mean, that's going to hit the same point that I've kind of repeated already on the podcast, where, yeah, I, I, I think Finn Wolfhard, who plays Mike in Stranger Things, who plays Richie in this movie, who's the Motormouth character, I, I'm not personally a fan of him. Um, as far as what he adds to it, I understand that there. That's I think that's a dividing line for some people. Like Peter, I, you you like that character, right? Yeah, I thought it was very entertaining. I yeah, don't get me wrong, I, I I like him too. But yes, I did. I I found them all pretty engaging, and and him in particular, uh, very funny. Like yeah. um, 
Yeah, which is, I think, what his role in the movie is. I think he's supposed to be the more kind of, he's the one that's, he's the one that says what the audience is thinking type of thing, and that's why it's funny to us. But, like, you might be right, though, Abe, that it's, like, realistically, why would that guy be, why would he be like that? You're probably right. But, but I mean, yeah, to, I mean, to, there's, but, there's yeah, certainly I mean, people that are like that, but in but, any but case. But even beyond, like, the, the, the essence of acting or whatever you want to call it, I, to get back to what Peter, you were saying as far as, like, how straightforward the story is, I can focus on another issue around the character of Mike. Um, the the Mike is the you know the the black character in the book. He's the only black friend. And something, if you want to talk about you know if the movie's so straightforward or not, a, a major issue that I've had is the fact that the Mike character he's he's drastically reduced from his role in just the, in the book in the ser- in the novel and whatnot. And it it hands right. over a lot of his things to Ben. Where Mike is the Mike is the historian character, and instead he goes to Ben. But also, to, and this is something I pointed out also, where I mentioned in the previous podcast episode how the bullies they seem to draw the line at racism. Like it seems like they're violent and whatnot, but they seem to like like they they shy off when it comes to being really racist towards towards Mike or even um, the their Jewish friend. I can't think of the name because the characters in the Stan. 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 <laughs> like, they, like it seems like they shy away from that area. And, and Abe, you informed me that Carrie Fukunaga's script that didn't go that didn't go unpronounced. Like that was that was an element there. It was it was uh, handled very much like very openly. So it was it wasn't a it wasn't a a, a, a shy script at all. Yeah, but beyond just like you know making it more apparent that these kids hate this kid because he's black, it's also something that informs the town of Derry, which speaks to what Tyler you were speaking to as far as developing this town and getting this world in mind, where we can see the town's weird. But like it's it's not quite as unsettling because they they remove this entire aspect of the film. Yeah, it, it's inter- so you said it's unsettling, and it's be- the town does not seem unsettled. Like children are missing. There's a curfew. Everyone knows there's something wrong, but nobody seems to. But none of the adults seem to act as if something is wrong, which I'm fine with as long as you address that fact. But as it is, the adults don't aren't even really characters. And so, I mean, they are, they show up from time to time, but they don't really play much of a role, which I understand, like, from a kid's standpoint, maybe that makes sense. But again, like, I feel like, I don't know. I mean, the movie's already pretty long. I'm not sure exactly if if adding another 15 minutes of just showing the kids interacting with other people around the town or showing maybe some kind of montage of the town trying to, um, trying to enforce the curfew or something like that, I don't know what it is, but just uh, yeah, and and the idea of there being like a strain of of racism, as suggested by Mike's uh, father or grand, uh, grandfather, pardon me, that would be interesting to explore. But it feels like it, it really does feel like uh, the writers and the director said, like, okay, we've got these kids, we've got this clown, and that's all we, and we've got this creepy house in the sewers, and that's kind of all we have. Yeah. It, it almost seems to take place in, in a vacuum. But given the events of the story, it really shouldn't feel that way. Like, we should get a really strong sense of what Derry is. If Derry is, in fact, cursed, and this is something that the adults have just learned to live with, we should get a strong sense of that. And yeah, I yeah. really don't. And that's something, Abe, you brought up before, where the adults yeah, are basically the... non-existent in this movie, except yeah, for creepy you just don't really creepy see... parents. And... Right, yeah. and Well, I mean, even the, the parents that or the adults that are there, you still 
they're not really they just act as metaphors right so i'm thinking yeah. more like eddie's mom um is it eddie the the, the guy who with the asthma and stuff like that yeah boxy yeah. mom so, yes got it yeah. yeah boxy mom she's just there to act as like a metaphor but for example you i'm thinking of the scene in which um uh uh ben is it ben the fat kid Yes, the old, yeah, he's the, the get, portly he's, kid. He's, yeah, portly kid. Sorry, he's literally getting assaulted with a knife by these uh, by these um, bullies, and then these two these two elderly people drive by, and then you see the balloon go up in the back seat, and I was like, okay, is that is that Pennywise driving the car? That's why they didn't stop, or is it just that the the parents didn't care, or the the townspeople didn't care? And then the other point that I would bring up is, which uh, I think that uh, it's unfortunate. I don't know if it's unfortunate, but it's uh, Fukunaga script includes scenes where parents just don't see what the kids see. And that makes it even more, I guess, it gives you a, a better feeling of why the kids can't really fit, rely on the parents. Well, no, actually, wait, I, wait, sorry. I yeah, liked yeah. I, I liked that bathroom scene where the parent can't see oh, no, what no, the sees. I, I no, thought no, that was pretty good. I, I, I'm saying that that is a good thing. And there's... Oh. I'm saying that that's that's um, it's unfortunate because there's another scene that that apparently was cut out that um, has Bill's dad going into the cellar where he had just faced off with Pennywise um, and his his dad is standing in a, a puddle of water, but he thinks that it's just completely dry and Bill is just like, what is going on here? And then they go and visit Bev's bathroom. They're like, oh, yeah, this is crazy. Why is it that we can only, why is it that we kids can only see this? And the adults can't. And I think that would add a lot to why well, the adults at Dairy might just not be as in tune or 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 just like why why it just cannot affect the parent Peter, or the adult. Peter, Peter, let me ask you this, because you just said you like that scene of the of Bev being in like the bathroom and the, like the dad can't see anything. I find that the, the reason I in in like practice, like the scene makes sense to me as far as what it's doing. But something about like just my basic thoughts on how film could work is I feel like I should have got a vision of the father, like a, a, a cutaway shot of the father, you know, seeing his perspective where he doesn't see anything at all. And then going back to bed where you see that it's still like bloody and everything. And I feel like by there's little choices like that throughout where it just seems like, I think there's a, there's a, there's a better version of this movie as far as its direction, its depiction of things that really could have got me more on board, but it just kind of, it seems to lack those elements. Well, see, actually, funny. I actually really like that they don't do that um, because I, I feel like it keeps us in the kid's head. And I kind of feel like if you did that, you kind of call to question how real or unreal Pennywise in them is. And I think we're supposed to kind of be like, no, this is absolutely real. And I guess I feel like I get what you're saying. You are totally right in a typical sto- scene like that. You're right. One character would be like, oh my god, look what I saw. And the other person's, we would see their perspective and be like, I don't see, what are you talking about? You're talking to nothing, or whatever. You're totally right. Normally that's the way it plays out. But in this, I thought it worked. Because I was like, no, I think we really need to stay in the head of all these kids. And that's the world that they have. I get that so I the, think it I works. Get, I get that's like, the logic of the film and, and the, you know, the editors or what have you like that. It's like, no, we have to stay in the perspective of the children. That, may, that makes sense to me. But I feel, and it, I mean, I'm isolating one scene, but I think there's a number of scenes that are not specifically that as far as like cut away to this, cut away to that to make sure you get on the same page. But I think there's a lot of directorial choices overall that just kept, it kept hitting me with that kind of feeling where I'm like, I, I feel like I should get some sense of another, not necessarily another take, but like a, a different angle on this just to kind of keep me invested in some other way. I don't know if that's making sense, but I guess... I, 
Well, I mean, I, I think it, I, I wanted to, like, I, I feel like it, for, for me, it was lacking in its effectiveness because of certain choices it was making, such as the very obvious jump scares that kept coming up all over the place. It's just like it, it's doing things where I get it, but I think it could be doing it better. Well, it's funny because I would agree on the jump scares. And like I had said before, it's like, that's like, the, I don't, or actually, I don't know if I saw this on, said this on the podcast, but like, that's like the loudest screening in quite a while. Like, I mean, if you, even if you didn't want to be scared or uneasy, it's so loud that you'll be uncomfortable. And I would agree that that's not, that's not really super clever or anything. Like, that's just blunt. Um, but, 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 um, having said that, um, these other things you're talking about, like, like you just said, like picking this scene down and stuff, like, I, I, those are the kind of qualities I kind of like about it like so it's like in a weird way and i i i really this whole time we've been talking i was trying to think of a better example but i mean it, it feels sort of like the version of dairy and the version of adults is it feels like the this uh kind of uh, limited version of dairy and limited version of the adults ultimately to me goes back to the classic thing about a charlie brown or a peanuts thing you know like Mm-hmm. The, the the adults go wah 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 like there is no like it feels very much like that's what they're going for like um again yes of course you know if you would develop the town in a different way or the adults you're right it could have been or a sympathetic adult because i don't really think there really is one like that could have been interesting too but again that's always tough for me with when when um and I, i'm sure you guys would probably agree that anytime you evaluate something it's always a really tricky thing of like what the story didn't do, and then, of course, what you think they should have done. And I always feel compelled of, like, well, I guess I'm really just supposed to evaluate what they did. Like, so, I don't know. I can still evaluate how it's being done, which is what I'm doing, where I, like, there's there's a scene, there's that scene in the library where Ben's looking at the Oh, I like that scene! I do, too, and I'm gonna say why, because there's that, there's that, like, that, Abe, we mentioned this, too, on the pod, there's that, that old lady in the background, and it's kind yeah, of the creepy ass old lady. It's cre- yeah, it's creepy and it's weird and it's like it's changing every time it cuts back to it, and that's the kind of thing I wish there was more of in this movie. That seems like legitimately clever to me, and yeah, it, it's like it's the kind of thing where I'm not asking this movie to be longer. I'm not saying like like Tyler, you mentioned like you know I don't need I don't necessarily think we need new scenes of exposition or like random shots of the town to kind of further get us un- to understand things. I understand things enough. But I, I'm just not satisfied with how it was telling it to me. And so I think if there's just like alternate ways to present certain things that reflect more of what I saw in the opening 15 minutes or in that library scene or other scattered scenes throughout. Again, I do want to. I like I there's a lot I like in this movie. It's just not enough for me to recommend it overall. So it's like I just I think there's. There's there's room for improvement. It is what I'm saying, I guess. And I, oh, I, just, I, yeah. I I definitely think there's room for improvement. And and um, I was talking to a friend of mine tonight about how we both agree, and I think you guys, uh, I don't know what Tyler, but I'm pretty sure Aaron would agree that Annabelle Creation is a better overall horror film. As a horror film, yes. <laughs> yeah, like, absolutely. It, it delivers yeah. on what it's trying, its intention. So uh, that's the thing too. Is is and Tyler mentioned this. It's just totally uneven. I mean. Uh, I didn't expect to find myself kind of really enjoying watching what I was watching. I mean, not to say that I I don't enjoy watching movies, but I found it to be more of like a uh, a regular. I don't even want to say coming of age story. It's just more of like a regular movie with some bloody gore stuff in it, which is kind of lightweight bloody gore. Like it's a lot of CG heavy stuff, but um, I was kind of more expecting what we saw in the cold open, which is wow, this is going to be something that 
is really shocking, and I am I'm going to be kind of peeking behind closed fingers here. So uh, when you get those scenes like the, the the cold open, and I wasn't expecting. Georgie's arm to be graphically bitten off and then him like literally like struggling to crawl away while blood is pooling. I didn't expect that. But then that's the, the everything else after that is fairly tame. So it's kind of unfortunate that it goes that way. But it also cuts away to what we mentioned also in terms of the tone. It all of a sudden cuts away to like rock music from the 80s with them doing like some sort of like a river rock fight. So it's like, uh, what are we watching here? Is this like a kid's growing up and and band in together or is this about a clown that's going to kill you unfortunately the clown is only there for like 15 minutes of the movie yeah i mean i would agree i totally agree that that opening scene feels like the palate cleanser that's supposed to be telling the audience you know because normally you don't kill kids especially in such a graphic way but it's supposed to be the kind of thing where you as an audience member are like oh my god the gloves are off anything can happen and it's like man eh, not really like um so i i would agree that that is the most intense, scary scene in the whole film. Um, Tyler, were you going to say something? Yeah, Sorry. yeah. The, uh, the the nature of, of my review, the thing that I kept coming back to is that the film felt oddly safe. Yeah. Um, yes. Yes. And it really shouldn't have. Like, so here's something that I went into this movie really expecting to carry some of the horror home with me. Uh, I have this. I have this. Uh, this thought that comes that okay uh, oh sure sure um i have this this thought that keeps coming into my head where there are times when i will casually glance out the window at night and i will say to my i will think to myself now look i recognize objectively that michael myers is not going to be standing there when i look out the window now you've just ruined my night because now it's like (laughs) look i i know that well like i've said this to you where like i i have I I know there's not going to be a, a great white shark in my pool, but at the same time, I get right. worried when I'm in the deep end. Like maybe there is yeah. a shark in here. I don't know. <laughs> that's well, and that's the thing is, it's it's this weird thing where I feel like, look, I know with 100% certainty that Michael Myers is not going to be staring in my window when I look outside of it. But what if he was? What do I do? And that's horror. It's it's what if I were in this situation. And, you know, I've known people that say that Jaws is not a scary movie. It's like, get in the ocean. <laughs> and then you'll start to wonder, what if? And with it, given that the clown often a- operates in a Michael Myers type of way, where he just sort of appears and is watching and taunting, um, that's something that, that I actually went into the fil- film thinking it would be. Uh, it's definitely the, it's oddly enough, it's the feeling that I had when I watched the miniseries when I was a teenager. Uh, I didn't watch it at the time. I wasn't a teenager when it aired. I was eight years old, but I watched it on video years later. And the, the clown, even though I'm familiar with Tim Curry, the clown kind of stuck with me. And there's this feeling of like the casual glancing, you know, to the side and thinking like, what if something is there? I didn't get that at all with this movie. Um, I really like once the movie was over, I thought like, okay, well that was fun moving on with my life. And I feel like for me, most of the horror movies that I find most effective, uh, I care, I carry some of it home with me and I didn't carry any of this with me. And I think part of it has to do again with the world. 
I don't actually, you know, Haddonfield, uh, which is, I believe, Pasadena. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah. But it's a but it's a real place. It's the suburbs. You're seeing this very strange figure in the midst of a of a recognizable place, and. Derry, while a while ostensibly being in the 1980s, it also looks kind of timeless, but timeless in a way that is very movie-ish. Um, that decrepit old house looks like something out of a movie. It looks like a house that has never existed in the history of the world except on film. And so, right and left, whether it be the odd restraint when it came to showing violence. Uh, towards children because nothing is less safe than when a child dies. So yes, that that opening scene really sets. I feel I feel like the opening scene makes a promise that the rest of the film doesn't deliver on. But also it's just the world around them, and I don't know. It's uh, it is it is weird. In some cases, I can't even really put my finger on what this film is missing in order to to stick with me. I know what it's missing. Okay, it's missing. It's missing that edge of, hey, look, we're really going to push the envelope. That's what it's missing. You know what? Oh, sorry. No, because essentially, I mentioned this on the review, too. It's just that, uh, again, Universal was just like, let's just make an it remake, and we'll make Warner it Brothers. a conventional Warner Brothers. I'm sorry. Warner Brothers is going to make this conventional horror movie, and that's what they that's what they got. Even though it made $125 million opening weekend. That's not there. That's not what uh, I and I think Stephen King enjoyed it, and I'm pretty and I'm glad that he enjoyed it. But um, again, for something that deals with such horrific things that happen to children, it, it did feel very tame. And again, it's mostly because it just it didn't feel like they they want to make a movie that was um, going to be as true to the book as possible. Well, let me let me ask Peter this because as Peter being the one that enjoyed this movie the most, did you feel did you find that there was a sense of dread throughout this film? Sort of. Um, Listening to Tyler, it's funny because I would say that, like, I like your example about the Michael Myers thing of like, well, what if he was out the window? I I agree. And you're you're right. When I finished it, I didn't have a hard time going to sleep that night. It wasn't like, no, I was just like, all right, you know, absolutely. However, I don't know. I'm sort of coming around to this way of thinking that, look, um, I think everybody on this podcast really loves um, a lot of great horror films. And especially, I think we like a lot of um, uh, monsters or situations that really resonate and really like linger and stay with us and stuff. Absolutely. I, I mean, I think we would all agree. However, let me, let me make, not... make, make sure to mention send Abe clowns at Walrus Moose. Please, send, please send don't. Abe clowns. Okay, go please, on. But, I'm sorry. Please don't. I mean, but like, but the thing is, I guess what I'm, I, I kind of think with a movie like It, uh, is that horror, like any other genre, you know, comedy or whatever, it's not always the same thing. I mean, I, I would argue that, and this is going to sound a little weird, but like to me, Shaun of the Dead is a horror film. Like, yes, it's absolutely intentionally funny and it, and it is absolutely a comedy, but it's a horror film. Um, and it makes me think that there are many branches of what we consider I don't know, a horror movie or a scary movie. And I think what Tyler's talking about is typically in my wheelhouse. It is usually, I like things that linger. I like things that stay with me in that way, uh, imagery. But I don't think that's what this is. Now, I mean, I think that they basically made a movie, I mean, obviously, I'm pretty sure they were in production before the success of Stranger Things, but I, I this think... This movie's been in production since, like, 
like for like 10 years so yeah, yeah, yeah. they've been working on it i think they essentially were like we're gonna make this um you know mid mid budget it was like 36 million but they obviously spent a lot on marketing I mean, it's, a, it's a big budget horror movie <laughs> right so they spent so they they spent the money on this horror movie the stephen king name the the generational thing of like nostalgia yeah and you're right it is essentially like well we get this kind of cool guy to play pennywise and we'll have these cool situations <laughs> that that bill skarsgård that the kids but can't stop talking about <laughs> yeah oh i think i think casting a lesser known actor for pennywise is smart oh no i, I agree i agree with that i'm just oh, saying i don't i know no one's saying it's some cool actor that they cast right. okay i didn't think right. i shouldn't have said cool like atomic you, bomb blondes bill skarsgård Right, exactly. Yeah. Like um, Allegiance Bill Scars. <laughs> um, but I think that, like, I don't know. I, I feel like, again, going back to the, how this podcast started, when the audience and, and people I've worked with who've seen it and stuff, it feels like this movie delivers pretty much what the people who are probably not necessarily fans of horror movies like us this is pretty much what they wanted they oh, they completely. and, no, and I, they like stranger things and they like they like the actors and the t- like it's like no oh, this is pretty much and that's why this is doing so well oh, like I, I exactly like, agree with yeah. that which is it's that's not a problem necessarily but at the same time i mean we're we're in a phase where you, i mean we're still getting low budget horror movies because there will always be low budget horror movies. There are hundreds of them released every, if not thousands released every year by filmmakers, mm-hmm. whether it's no budget or some budget and there's a studio or not. Um, but there is this kind of wave of bigger horror films, mainly from the kind of the James Wan factory, not J- not Blum because Blumhouse is low budget stuff, but like James Wan stuff where like with the conjuring movies are really successful. And now on the Annabelle movies are really successful. Those movies aren't breaking the bank either in terms of their budget, but they certainly they're coming from Warner brothers. They have a, you know, a big studio backing as opposed to, something like i don't know it follows which you know didn't cost an arm and a leg to make and Mm -hmm. stands off for its own reason i don't need to talk about it follows but i mean there's a difference and i think you know that and i think what you're speaking to is exactly what it is which i find to be problematic in its own way it's not about it's not that i i'm i'm unhappy that it's making its money and its success or whatever thing i'm happy that like it has is you know capturing the zeitgeist (laughs) if that's what you want to call it what have you but the fact that it fall it it's a it just I feel like the material deserves more. And I'm speaking as a person that hasn't even read the material, but it's but like as much as I know about it, the legacy it has, and what it has the potential to do, it's not matching what that is. It's just giving you kind of the like we've been said a lot already, the safest version of that. Where this is a Stephen King novel that has a lot going on in it as far as exploring children's fears and the manifestations of that in a town that's cursed by this force that you can't st- you don't know how to stop and a sense yeah. of dread. And I'm not going to talk about like what Kerry Fukunawa could have done over this or whatever. Yeah, of course. But at not. the same time, I do think there's a version of this movie that doesn't rely heavily on the you know the very obvious jump scares and the music, and also does war with the characters that also that's able to kind of be this psychological study that really does linger in your mind and that's my issue it, it's a movie that it's hitting the bare minimum of being a horror movie um for the sake of getting that you know, getting that box office success and that's not unfair of Warner brothers to want to make money but at the same time there is a more challenging opportunity that it seems like it's squandering the yeah, only i feel thing... like oh go, go ahead. ahead oh no no no. go ahead Tyler. Uh, yeah, I feel like, uh, I think you guys are both right in that it is, it is giving people what they want, which means it's, which is not necessarily the worst instinct, but it's always very tempting to kind of fall into the pattern of just checking off boxes. Okay. Well, what do people think of when they think of it? 
Uh, well, they think of the clown, they think of the kids, they think of that opening scene. Okay, so, and then what do people think of when they think of modern day horror? Okay, they think of jump scares, they think of this. Um, and they're just checking off boxes, and in doing so, it makes it feel, even the, even the emotional scenes with the kids, which do resonate with me, but even that is just a box that's, that feels like it's being checked off. And it feel it makes it feel very perfunctory, and things that are they, things that are perfunctory are not going to feel uh, remarkably engaging. And I'm not gonna I'm not really gonna be on the edge of my seat waiting to see what's gonna happen next when it has it becomes clear pretty quick that like oh they're just gonna give me what I want. Uh, you know the most effective well the most effective films in general, but I would say the most effective horror is when it when it doesn't give you what you want or more specifically, like you have something in mind and it completely subverts that there is really only one moment in it where it subverted something for me. And in that moment, I thought like, Holy shit, here we go. And it was when the character of Stan has wandered off from the group in the sewer and the, uh, the creepy woman in the painting, uh, or rather it in that form attacks him. And then when the, when the rest of the group finds him, he is laying on his back and that woman has like those creepy jaws extended and they are completely, they've completely enveloped his face. Mm-hmm. And my first thought was like, holy shit, are they going to kill Stan? Like, that's, now that's I, I know that's interesting. Like, thought. I know that Stan doesn't die, yeah. but in that moment, it's such a visceral image and one that is so not safe, which is a kid with, his face in the mouth of a monster. Like that's, that was rough enough that it made me forget that Stan lives. And it, and it made me think, what if they kill Stan in this? What if they deviate from the, from the material? And if there's any of these kids that they probably feel somewhat okay with killing, even though, even though it would be horrendous, it probably would be Stan. Like this was all the stuff I had to reconfigure my expectations based on that very jarring image. And even though they didn't kill Stan, like I was surprised. And when you're surprised, that's when you're on the edge of your seat. That's when you feel like, okay, now anything can happen. And that was really the only moment that that happened for me. That's interesting that you bring that up because I was going to ask everybody again. Um, uh, I think Aaron, you asked this, which is, did you feel as though the children or did you feel as though the children were in danger or did you ever kind of get a sense that they weren't going to get out of it? And, I never had any doubts that they were going to be all okay at the end. So it's actually interesting that you brought that up because it never crossed my mind that Stan would that could he could be killed off at that in that scene. Because to me, because they were play, I knew that they were going to play it safe. Everyone was going to make it out. And that's, no, see, uh, I, no, I was totally the I was totally the opposite. In really? fact, Aaron and I discussed this. Um, uh, I would agree with t- Tyler. I did not know what was going on with Stan because I was like, "Oh my God, that thing ate his face." So I didn't. I thought he was dead. I didn't. I didn't think he could come back from that. So if anything, I was kind of disappointed. I was, I was like, confused oh. by the uh, logic. It was like, how bad is Pennywise at eating kids if he has his whole mouth on him <laughs> and he still doesn't kill this kid? <laughs> well, that's true. But actually, because again, I, I, I didn't know what was going to happen. Like you guys, I got to say, and I know Aaron and I, Aaron totally disagrees with me but the end of the movie wait we can talk about this right yeah the whole purpose of this the end of the end of the movie when pennywise grabs who's the main character bill bill Bill. yeah and he's like you guys can go i will feed off his fear you guys can have live your happy life and grow i was like whoa i was like that's a pretty good ending i was like wow i was like so i'm like because i i knew because i knew that the story was supposedly about um 
that they're also adults later. So I was like, oh, I was like, so they lost their friend and they have to come back and kill the monster eventually. So, but Aaron, you said, nope, you never felt that way at all. That You never felt that they were going to kill. I, I totally thought he was going to die. I was like, oh, that's it. That's the big loss at the end of the movie. Yeah. But again, but, yeah. but wait a minute. But I asked, but are you guys, were you all familiar? Because I wasn't. So for me, I really thought they would maybe were going to kill him. I had zero knowledge. I hadn't seen the the 90s and I had zero knowledge of any any details. Yeah, so did you did you think they were going to kill him? No, cuz I knew that everyone was going to be saved just the way that just the way that the, literally the way, this, the way that the movie was playing out. That's kind of how the I the situation did. is, he's like you guys can't beat me. I'm just going to take him. You can like it's all that seems like a very and we know we're at the end of the movie yeah, yeah. and we know there's going to be another movie. I just don't understand. I don't know how I felt. I actually, for, I know actually wasn't sure there was going to be another movie, but I'll let everybody else answer too. Um, so, anyways, well, what I mean, was it, Peter's? It, it speaks to my thoughts on how the movie doesn't have any sense of dread and it it just feels very, I mean, obvious as far as its beats that it's playing and the in the third act it just it's just an action scene essentially. It's just okay, the kids team up and fight this thing and i i don't i didn't think there's like oh they're just going to give up and walk away it's like no they're probably going to still try to find a way to fight off it and everything yeah when he when he grabs bill i admittedly like it's hard to watch those kids like hitting it with various clubs and and bats and stuff and not feel some sense of like yeah get them kids like i i I couldn't help that but when he grabs bill and he makes them this offer the reason that I did not feel like Bill was going to die was because, like, all right, everybody, time to talk about themes. <laughs> uh, and that's what that whole sequence, as as wonderful as that monologue is that Pennywise gives about getting old and fading away and all of that kind of thing, um, as wonderful as that is, uh, yeah, because he because Pennywise was directly playing into the theme, which is you guys can save yourselves. I will take this one. You guys should should uh, forget that you are one solid solid unit, and you should do your own thing. You know, care only about yourself. That's the only way that you know. The whole time they've been talking about how when they stick together, they're going to be fine, and if they if they sacrifice Bill, they are not sticking together. And so on. So even if they're fine in the long run, they're not actually morally fine or spiritually fine. And so that sequence did not did, it did not frighten me at all. I didn't worry at all about it because everything about it was thematic. Yeah, because I had also felt as though they had switched from horror into kids banding together at that point already. I mean, they had switched to that a long time ago, but um, that's kind of what they were going for anyway. They weren't going for like, oh, well, now we'll give you a surprise. It's more of just, yeah, now we've got to set up the ending here for everybody to kind of thematically understand that hey we all have to face our fears and we'll we're either gonna we're all in or we're not and then let's uh let's get out of this thing so i wasn't surprised i was the only i guess i'm the only one all right no you're not the only one i mean it, you're I, i'm pretty sure there's a lot of people that maybe feel the way you do it's just more that you know again they, they may give it higher remarks because wow it was such a good movie about these kids coming together and and horror themes and it's like well, i could see a better movie Doing me too. That better. I mean, I could see a better movie making me feel that way, where I'm like, oh, I wonder if they are going to take Bill out of here. Like, even though I'm fully aware of where things are supposed to be going, based off just knowing the miniseries and knowing what the book, do, you know, knowing that it's adults eventually. So. You know, you know what's an interesting, uh, uh, which McCallit, uh, comparison? Paranorman. 
because I wasn't sure what was going to happen to Norman when he meets up with um, the, I guess, the girl. I forget her name. Agatha. But I wasn't, yeah, yeah, Agatha. I wasn't sure if she was going to kill him. (laughs) And I was like, oh, maybe he is going to perhaps sacrifice himself so that they they can both die. This way that Laika does things that are unexpected, and then the whole town will be okay. But, you know, that that has a little bit more suspense for for me, at least. uh, And that's seemingly a tighter, better told story. Whereas this one's just again very tame, and I was I was unimpressed by that. That's not to say I didn't enjoy it. Again, I did enjoy it for different reasons, but when you when I when I sit back and think about it, I, I don't think that's the movie that I was expecting to to have. I want to change gears a bit, especially because we can go in a little while, and I know we got to wrap up in a bit. Yeah. Um, I want to ask some spoiler questions about the bullies specifically. How to phrase this? Do you <laughs> do you think the the bully that fell down the well? Do you believe him to be dead? Oh yeah, how the? I mean, oh, well, I mean it's got to be right. That's a pretty how long. Survive that thing. It yeah, seems like a pretty brutal fall. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, they. I mean, yeah. my familiar my familiarity with the source material. I know that. Well, in the source material, he is not, but he also doesn't sustain a giant, a huge fall. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he essentially. He takes the rap for the yeah he the, the he goes movies. crazy like he looks into the deadlights or whatever goes crazy and then he takes the rap for all the chill all the child murders and then is put into an insane asylum yeah um yeah it really i thought they were gonna do more with him honestly yeah and that's what i want to ask again next too because i the the bullies in this i'm so like conflicted about how to feel because like i I like the idea that the bullies are just so, like, utterly vicious because the town is so cursed that it's, like, it makes the bullies even more bullies, even though I think they shy away from the racism thing, um, which is problematic for other reasons. But at the same time, it's weird to be like, well, do I need more bully development on why this kid is me? Which leads me to my next question. And I asked Abe this after we recorded our podcast. So Henry. Henry's the main bully, right? Uh, Yeah. uh, What's his name? Captain Fantastic's... Yeah, 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 the son, middle son, right? The um, the his father, who's the who's the cop. Do you did the movie tell you that he's like a terrible father? Did you think he's like a really bad father based off the what the movie shows you? Uh, Firing off a gun. uh, I mean, I understand why he's doing it, uh, but I would say not a terrible father, but certainly not a very loving one. And that's. So, because I, I asked this because I'm looking at the movie, <laughs> specifically just the movie, I was you know thinking there's only two scenes with this father, as opposed to like Bev's dad, who's completely you know it makes it so obvious that he's like you know probably a pedophile, like it, it makes that very clear to me just based off his movements and whatnot, which is a good acting performance by the way. Like it, I mean, it, it it doesn't take a whole much I guess if you you know shoot at low angles, have it always dark in their house, and put the ominous music on top of it. But at the same time. There's a level of discomfort that I immediately got from that performance that I think is effective. The, yeah, yeah. The dad character for Henry, I mean, the scenes we see him in is one, he stops Henry from beating up Bill at school. And that's even before we know he's his dad. We just see it's a cop. And he's like, okay. Right. He's not that's what I think. Yeah. yeah. And the second scene is Henry's about to shoot a cat in the face, possibly hurting his friend, let alone using a gun that he's not supposed to be using. And so the father takes the gun away from him and shows him what the problem is by shooting next to him. Now, that's extreme. But does that make him like this horrible father? Because I feel like in a different we'd understand that he probably beats his kid. But that's not the move. That's not what I saw here. I just saw it's like, no, oh, I, it's just a dad that. No, actually, <laughs> yeah. I remember. Actually, it's, just fun, it's just so funny. I remember sitting next to you 
And I was pretty happy when. Oh this... yeah, like you're sad because the bully's so terrible. <laughs> yeah, because he's so he's so awful. No, I think the dad's fine. I think I I think if the dad honestly, I, that that's probably the closest I've ever seen to a. You could have actually had a character do child abuse, and I would have been like, "Here, here," <laughs> like, which of course <laughs> is terrible. But I mean, like, but no, you're. But I mean, isn't that a good thing that the dad doesn't seem as one as as like we've already got the child molester dad so we don't necessarily need the sheriff to all so isn't that good that he's and remember also the hypochondriac one his mom isn't evil like she's not necessarily evil she's just giving him indoors and giving him not everyone's like a vicious murderer as far as the adults go but I mean there is an un, there is an unnervingness to each of the all the adults that we meet in the town for one reason yes. or another but, yes, all, but, all, but I think why I'm asking it is it speaks to Tyler's earlier point about how the film doesn't seem to the world building the world building is not amazing to me if it's not getting across the fact that every single one of these people has this kind of effect based off the town where i think right. the movie's telling me that the town is cursed but rationalizing this i'm only seeing it so often like i'm not i'm just i'm seeing like bits and pieces as opposed to a coherent film that really tells me that there's some fucked up things going on in this town yeah i mean like it would have been probably more compelling if they had like made the distinctions um a little more specific because i think it sounds like you're saying that it's not that they're intentionally making the parents negative to gray it's more that they're all kind of negative but they're not really um specific enough or something well, it, that's what it like, sounds like, like you're saying like uh, like there's a scene where um like we don't see like okay so we don't like there's the richie character we see we don't really get enough from him as far as what he's afraid of until way later in the movie. Like it's like midpoint where he's like, I'm afraid of clowns. Like every other character. And had it. I actually kind of thought that was kind of just a throwaway. I thought he was yeah. literally just saying that because they were at a, a carnival. Well, and I'm going to get to re- that's my exact thing right there. But like they, every other character has like some specific scene of them being tortured by Pennywise. And Richie's like, I'm afraid of clowns. And the scene that we're seeing that at is like where the entire town ta- or like a lot of the town is just hanging out at the park with a clown. It's like, well, if this town was haunted and there's a lot of kids in this town, are, shouldn't the other kids also be also why is it just these kids but shouldn't the other kids also be afraid of like clowns or like think like in this curfew that's in, like i get that it's daylight but it's there's like a whole carnival going on where there's a clown entertaining a bunch of kids and it's like i feel like the, hmm, if this town was really affected by like kidnappings and whatnot i don't know if i'd see a carnival with a clown that you know is pleasing all these kids over there it's yeah. just, it's stuff like that that just feels kind of inconsistent to me yeah so I want to guys, uh, I want to ask you guys something too, and this would be my last question. But um, it, it's sort of in relation to that. Did you guys feel as though there was enough Pennywise? And follow up, did you guys get a sense of Pennywise's abilities or the rules that are in this world in Derry? I I thought, I mean, he seems so much to be in their head type of thing. I know I was just saying it's not in their head, but I don't really know if I, I don't know about the rules. Uh, the only thing I would have liked would have been. I think the actor playing um, Penny, Pennywise was pretty effective, and I thought that, and I thought they gave him good variety in his set pieces, like of, of what he was doing. However, there is something about Pennywise that I feel like I don't know. There, there's something lacking. I, I don't know if I, I, I'm not saying I want an origin story because that's sure, sure. terrible. But there is something about about him Pennywise that, lacks, that, that lacks a specific specific specificity um Close enough. that yeah that i kind of <laughs> wish was there you know what's funny because i'm sure we've all seen it follows 
And yeah. um, I love It Follows. Wait, it's, I don't remember. Aaron, does the, Aaron like It Follows? I don't remember. Yes, Are I you love thumbs it down on it? Okay, I, love you have, it. I, I watched it the other day, as a matter of fact. Because okay, I, I, I love It Follows. Memory. And but I know some of my friends who were mixed on It Follows. Their big thing was they didn't think that the movie established the rules, and because of that, there were moments where they're like, "Well, why wouldn't they just do this?" And that never really bothered me. I think that's um, so. It's inter- so it's interesting. Every time I think bring, that. So it's interesting. A bringing this up about the rules of Pennywise and like. What do we know about Pennywise and stuff? It, it, I'm I'm okay with. Well, I, I'm not asking for like a boiler room. But, like he yeah. he was trapped in the he was trapped in a boiler room by the by the parents because he's a he diddled little kids. He loved clouds like, when he was growing up, and he wanted he just wanted to dance. <laughs> right. I'm just right. more like I, I I asked this because and Tyler, uh, I want to hear your opinion too. But I asked this because if Pennywise is omnipotent, which it seems like he is. How is he not able to just take over these kids or at least entrap them in such a way that he could easily uh, silo them and then just kill them all? Or just make all the parents kill their own kids? Yeah, no, you're right. Well, see, I've never... Well, yeah. that's, I mean, that's that's I, my yeah, issue. I, I don't know what Pennywise's endgame is. That's that's. It's not a matter I, of rules. It's a matter of, well, I get that he it's good when they're afraid because that makes the the flesh taste better. That's his thing. It's like it, yeah. it's, it's one thing to eat them, but it's another thing to get them really scared first. Yeah, Monster um, Inc. style. Exactly. But w- at what point is it the best? Because it seems like there's a lot of moments where he has these kids absolutely terrified, but he doesn't actually do anything about it. Like when 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 um Eddie Eddie right the hypochondriac yeah 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 when Eddie's being chased by the leper and then he's in the backyard of Pennywise's magical castle and he can't like he, there's like a fence there and Pennywise is just standing with the balloons it's like how like is what's the meter on Eddie here like is there is is he in the yellow and he needs to go to the red and fear territory because it seems like he's he's scared for every his life right then so like why is the Pennywise eating this kid like what's going on yeah I uh the rules aren't totally clear but i'm okay with that i'm i'm fine with not knowing the rules and as far as the amount of pennywise i actually think it's the it was the perfect amount okay um i feel like pennywise is a lot like hannibal lecter which is he's most effective when you see him sporadically um and very polite and extremely polite (laughs) um i think the performance was good i do think that maybe this is going to sound weird i feel like pennywise felt too art directed (laughs) yeah he felt he felt too designed um you know one thing that can be said about the the tim curry uh pennywise not that this was his decision obviously is that he is dressed like a clown he looks like a clown that you could see at any party yeah that's Um, i've been saying that exact thing to abe since the first trailer came up where it's like this yeah i will will never watch it's so obviously evil like Yeah. yeah It's like it decided, I know what I'll do. I'll take the form of a clown. But, you know, the type of clown that has never existed ever in the history of the world. Well, OK, wait. I will take the I, I will. T- here, you know, what would be interesting is imagine if Pennywise looked one way to everybody, to all the kids, but looked like this to Richie, because this is a scary clown. Um, and so imagine if he looked like a run of the mill clown who could become scary to everybody, but to the person who is specifically frightened of clowns, he looked like this all the time. Mm. Um, or something like that. I don't know. It just, that to me is another element of, of what makes the film feel safe is that I, I, I felt like I was just at a remove from everything. I could always see the creative decisions being made. Peter, what were you going to say? Well, 
I, I, again, I normally would agree with that. I mean, this is going to sound like a weird tangent, but in a weird way, this is kind of like my original problem, even though I, I've come around. When Rob Zombie did Halloween, I was originally like, well, I mean, if Michael Myers has this drug-addled stripper mom and this this weird trailer pervy trash trailer trash dad of course he becomes a serial killer like of course he's the he's, he becomes the the shape or whatever you know what was great about the original is that he's just a kid and there's no reason for right. why he became and, and on paper i agree with that which is why yes a normal clown should just look like a clown however um, I did somewhat come around on Rob Zombie's Halloween because I like Rob Zombie's aesthetic. But I will ask you this, Tyler. Okay. The original Conjuring, the first shot is an extreme close-up of Annabelle beaten and really messed up looking. And there's no way that that doll is not kind of what you're saying where it's like, I mean, they knew James Wan when they were designing that doll that it was like, this is the first shot of the movie. We want the most terrified scary looking doll ever you know like and and it is but according to you to what you're saying shouldn't we not find that effective then but i think it is pretty effective in the first opening scene of conjuring i think they should have gone with a more normal looking doll yeah I really agree, you don't think that you don't a, think I'm, that i like conjuring okay but i'm not a huge fan of it either. but but that really you don't think that that opening shot of that super close-up of the eyeball that's cracked and i love that really well it's it's an inherently creepy image but it also i feel like that that image is actually not what the rest of the conjuring is for me well yes, um right yes i feel like there's there has to be somewhere in between it, between like a regular doll that is harmless and then that super creepy ass doll there has to be some something in between but yeah i feel like they went too far with that one that, too that, that's what that's why child's play i think is lived up because in normal build, sure Ch- chucky or you know what's his name it's chucky right but yeah, chucky. Chucky. the doll is yeah, yeah, actually yeah. called chuck because i know the killer's name is chucky, right right so. right 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 but like it actually looks like a fun doll like there's no reason to suspect that of anything <laughs> it doesn't look like it's so obviously evil and that's kind of been that's been an issue I've had with a lot of basically remakes I've seen. Like I talked with Abe about this a lot, where like the Poltergeist remake, where that clown doll, as opposed to Poltergeist, where it's like, yeah, it's a clown, but like you know, it looks like a kid's toy. Where the remake, it's right. like this is so obviously designed to be the yeah. you know, looks creepiest looking clown doll you could ever have, and it does happen in it's. But like the issue, it's not like I see what Tyler's saying. It's the I. I think what I like about this take on Penny, especially because you have to differentiate it between the, you know, an iconic version of Pennywise already played by Tim Curry. Say what you will about that miniseries. There's a reason why that image is very, you know, kind of startling to people. It's because it, it, it stood by like that. That miniseries was very like it was a huge ratings hit when it came out too in 1990. But the what I, I guess what I like about the Bill Skarsgård take on it, just regardless of character design, is that the kind of it feels like. Here's a here's a loose example. It feels like Vincent D'Onofrio in Men in Black, where it seems like he's he's, he's bursting out of this thing. Like he can, that's perfect. Like he can barely. Oh, that's cont- a good example. He can yeah. barely contain himself inside of this kind of human suit, where he, like his accent is all weird and odd because yeah. he, he like he's not he's not from here. He's this weird being that doesn't you know he's not human. So he's kind of contained himself in something, and so it's like weird and misshapen and whatnot, but it's still vaguely resembling something. Now it's a little weird because he's a shapeshifter, so he can do whatever the fuck he wants to. But still, I, yeah. <laughs> performance-wise, I do think there's some cleverness to what they're trying to achieve with it. Yeah, yes, I, I, I agree. agree. I, good observation. Yeah. I yeah, I like that. 
Yes. Like, like, especially in that opening. Again, I think the first 15 minutes of the movie are, like, perfect. Like, it's I think so, it's, I think it's, it's so, I guess, like... I think it really set up for a, a much stronger movie. And I, I said this in the regular review, too. I was surprised that people brought their kids. And that's the nostalgia factor that everyone was talking about. They brought their kids that are under 13. And I was like, why would you do this? This movie is going to be terrible for them. Well, it's it's and, it, it's on the summer reading list these days. So, you know, you got to. Oh, like, that's, like, yeah. that's, that's, that's why Stephen King's summer reading list. Summer's yeah. about to end, so they got to see the movie version because they didn't right. read the book in time. Yeah, but I was shocked exactly. by people bringing 13-year-olds to the movie. And I was like, this is going to terrify them for life. This is inappropriate. Not because. Wait, when you say uh, kids, you're saying 13-year-olds? 13 and younger, yeah. Oh, I was seeing um, movies when I was 13 and horrible. Yeah, no, I, I get it. Hey, this is going to be. Uh, hard r-rated gore and it's like yeah this this first scene isn't great and then everything just got tamer after that so it was it was a weird thing for me to feel after the movie i mean can I, I, was, can I? I was what okay. was it i saw scream 2 and i know that's 98 i'm like 12 or 11 at that point I was yeah like, no i i watched them behind like you know blankets Fine, but, I'm just, you know. yeah i mean i think i i think i saw poltergeist when i was pretty young and that's that, I mean, well also it's pretty right, by actually, spielberg you know <laughs> well Still actually though I, actually i think poltergeist is a way more effective horror film than it oh, i think it's yeah of course <laughs> yeah, i mean like that that's a, we're like, on the right side of history now um but i mean i'm just saying i was pretty young when i saw that and i somehow survived but i mean can i ask you guys this um it doesn't really matter in the sense that it's just money or whatever but even though it seems like i am the closest person to liking this movie, I got to say, I'm very happy that a movie like it is doing well. Like I think, you know, in the set, I, I, I want these kind of movies to do well, but I have to say that unless you adjust for inflation, there is something a little sad to me that the exorcist has remained the biggest R rated horror movie in 40 something years. And it's going to lose that record to it. And The Exorcist is a way, yeah, it's it's a it's a better movie in in every way. Um, but anyways, I was just wanting to think what you guys think of that. Unless you guys don't like The Exorcist, I don't know. Like, um, but yeah. I'll never watch it again. I've still only seen it once, but uh, it's good. See, like The Exorcist doesn't scare me, so I'm glad. But like, yeah, that's a good, well made movie. I can I can watch it all I want. But, um... <laughs> Studies of box office will always be depressing. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know if you if you look at. Uh, well, like the Ring is like one like a top horror movie, the remake of that. Oh, I like the Ring. You like the Ring? I like the Ring. Well, I can go. Well, just movies, so like, yeah. Well, yeah. just in general, like like in 1988, Rain Man was the highest grossing movie of that year. Now, Rain Man's not a great movie, but that's a movie for grownups. Wait, and I then, like I like Rain Man. No, no, I I also I also like Rain Man. It's oh, okay. it's perfectly fine. I don't think it's it's uh, astonishing. And then in 1994, like Forrest Gump was the highest grossing movie of that year. Like there was a time when mo- then when movies with grown-up sensibilities, if not movies that were just completely for grown-ups, there was a time when those were the highest grossing films. And The Exorcist is a horror movie for grown-ups, no question about it. Uh it is a horror movie that I actually think would cater very much to 12 and 13, 14-year-olds. Yeah. I think they would be perfect for them. You're right. Yeah, I think I, I think you take I away the swearing, yeah. and there really isn't much to hold it back from being PG thirteen. Absolutely, I think, you, I think you take away some of the CG blood, and it really holds. Uh, nothing's holding it back from being PG thirteen. Yeah. Well, I mean, to be fair, uh, 
I'm, I'm, I, uh, Aaron knows that I, I beat up on Bruce Willis, uh, a lot. Um, but I think the sixth sense is that's PG 13, right? That's PG 13. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. a better, that's also a more effective horror film than it. Than like yeah. that movie, uh, oh, yeah. Wait, do we all like sixth sense? I, I think yeah. Sixth sense is pretty yeah. good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Even, even about, I, I mean, I honestly think that I haven't seen it in a long time, but I would, I bet it's, I always wonder sometimes about movies like that have a big plot twist, but I feel like it probably holds up, oh, well, even the, if you the, know the, the end. Well, the great yeah. thing about The Sixth Sense is that you can take that out and it's the same movie because it's a great character drama about a little boy and his mother that happens and he has a therapist. The therapist happens yeah. to be dead. That's a cherry on top. What? Yeah. It, well, that comes in and it's like, <laughs> oh, that's a thing. Like, it, I mean, but you can remove that and you still get a really well acted study about these people that have this issue that they have to deal with and they do. And it's also, and also like, by the way, here's this, this other thing. Yeah. Like, well, it also make the visual, the visual cues in it are really well done. No, too. I mean, yeah. direction is fucking on point. In that movie. Yeah, like, yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's well it's, made. It's well done movie. on many, many levels. So, like, and... well, like what I'm saying is, the best types of twists or movie are ones that you can still have the movie operate on its own without it. Yeah. I, and the Sixth Sense is a movie that does. Like, it, you could, you do not need to have that in there. You can just have this happy resolution of like, oh, the mother and her son come to terms with the fact that his son sees ghosts, and, and you can lose the Bruce Willis character. Now, there may be something I don't know that takes away from that movie. That that movie doesn't make two almost three hundred million dollars, but it's still an effective movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you more think than that? Trick. Sorry, six hundred. I was just thinking domestic. I mean, that movie made six hundred seventy-two million dollars. <laughs> six cents was huge. That's pretty. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's ins- it's anyhow crazy. Yeah, but go ahead. Well, so you, wait, you're speaking to the. It's going to break a lot of records as far as box office. What good? I mean, like like Tyler said, yeah, I get it. Like I. Yeah, and I, good job to the team. And the, I mean, you can bemoan the idea that like certain movies sit at the top of certain charts or what have you, but the at the same time, even while I don't. I'm not, you know, a huge fan of it. I can support the idea of hopefully more horror movies coming out of major studios. That said, what I like in horror movie or my favorite horror movies generally are ones that are not from the big studios. Now you can take some aside like Jaws or Psycho or The Shining, which yeah, they're Universal and Warner Brothers, but mm-hmm. a lot, especially recent years. Well, pretty much every year, or, you know, every decade has its batch of horror movies that I really love that are movies that are coming from new filmmakers or ones that are going without a studio or what and ones that have to basically fight against what fight with what they don't have and make something creative out of it and I don't that's not going to come out of this like you're not going to get movies that have shoestring budgets that you know suddenly inspire you you might get some really good filmmakers that end up making some good movies and I'm all for that but I don't I don't know how if you know get out's going to bring more to the table than it will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's funny. I haven't rewatched Get Out yet, but I would assume that's a better film in every way. And they're going for different things, but I mean, yeah, I, was, I would say like I don't know if you, yeah, they're going for different things. But... Anything else on it? I know we've been running, and I know. Uh, I just want to mention very quickly that we we talked about It Follows, and that movie. Uh, I've mentioned it before, but when I was walking home, I had to turn around and just double check to make sure nobody was following me. So that's how effective it was. Are you are you looking behind yourself right now? No, no, I'm not. But I'm also uh, it just goes to speak to you know after I left the theater for it, I was just like, well, it's a nice day. <laughs> Although it's, yeah, I mean, I'm yeah. Um, I guess I'm. See, that's the thing. It's I I, I liked it, but I'm. It's funny because only because I'm probably gonna watch the miniseries before I see chapter two or whatever i, I feel I, like I, i've heard that you don't have to 
You don't have to watch any of the minute. Well, of course, the you never have things. to. Yeah. Oh no, 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 no! I don't have to, but I, I do kind of want to know how the story. Oh, okay. Ends, but, but there's a weird part of me that feels like I don't think there's going to be that. It's going to be that big of a deal. I think it's just like, all right, like, and then they defeat Pennywise in the end. Like, well, I don't know. Well, well let, let, yeah. let's make Find this. Out. Let's like, let's make this the last question. Like, are are you looking forward to the sequel? Do you do you expect the sequel sure. to satisfy you? I mean, beyond just like, yeah, I want to see how this wraps up. Are you, do you expect it to satisfy you in a way that's maybe even better than it or? something that's like an effective kind of second half to maybe even bring this one even higher in your opinion i'm actually on the latter boat there because i think that it's not going to be as good as the first one uh even though i didn't really you know give uh, like the first one all too much so i think it's going to go for more of like the let's make this a serious like slasher movie now it's like well okay well you took kind of kind of some of the mystique out of it what do you think tyler i know you're more familiar with the material yeah um I feel like it can't possibly be as good as this one because my favorite aspect of this film is the is the ensemble. And when it comes right down to it, watching these kids who I'm mostly unfamiliar with, watching them interact and and grow as characters, I feel like seeing a group of adults is going to be less interesting to me. Yeah. I can agree with that just based on it's going to be the same team making the sequel. Like if it was, if they, if they had this like interesting plan of like, we'll have this director and these writers do this one. And then this director and these other writers do this one. And depending on who those people would be, obviously I might have more of like a, yeah, that sounds like a really cool experiment. Let's see how that plays out. But given that it's going to be basically the same team, I feel like I'm getting more of the same with a likely talented actors, but less of that, like, here's this fresh camaraderie that I haven't seen before, which is really the thing most people are attaching themselves to. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. Well, on that down note... uh... (laughs) (laughs) I I, I, I I agree with you because I think, Tyler, because I think the, you know, the, the kind of, the way the story goes, yeah, you are, you're separating them out, and they're, I mean, the only, the, the only thing I think that would really make me excited is if it is basically i just have to see it to see what happens because i want to i i'd like to think that there's real psychological turmoil that's being placed on each of them individually and i'd like to see a movie that really taps into that however seeing this movie that i just saw i'm not quite expecting that to be delivered in the way that i'm going to find all that satisfying um which is unfortunate but at the same time maybe i'm wrong maybe it'll be amazing yeah. I mean, maybe maybe it'll, be, maybe it'll blow me out of the you water can just have a you can have a snickers because it satisfies <laughs> Okay. Still not a sponsor. All right. Well, I know it's late, spookily late, in fact. Um, so I do. <laughs> the, the witching hour. It's the it is the witching hour. Um, but I do want to thank uh, both you, Tyler and Peter, for uh, joining Abe and I to talk about it a little bit more. Thank you both. Oh, of course. Yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah. A L- lot of fun. I'm glad I was able to actually make it work. For sure. And um, well, let's let's do some plugs here. Tyler, where can people find more of your work online? You can find me at battleshipretention.com. You can find me at morethanonelesson.com. And uh, I do have a book, which, uh, Aaron, you were nice enough to review. I have a book called Worth Watching, and you can find that at worthwatchingbook.com. And then I also did want to give a little plug. There's a thing in Southern California called Alpha Omega Con. And, yes, it is a Christian-themed comics con- and pop culture convention, but it, but I actually enjoy it quite a bit. And I'm going to be moderating a couple of panels there. One, and I, I also came up with them, as you might be able to tell in a moment. <laughs> One of them is called Screaming in Space, The Alien Legacy. And then the other is called Weirdos and Misfits, The Films of Tim Burton. 
And so uh, I'm excited for those panels. So anybody who's interested, go to alphaomegacon.com and you can uh, find out uh, more details. When does that take place? That is the 23rd. Okay, cool. Uh, worth watching. That is a book that I reviewed. It's a, it's 100 pages of the fun, and the book is 130 pages. Uh, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> oh, I, I was see. like, what about okay. the rest of the 30 then? <laughs> yeah, my, well, my first thought is like, is it only 130 pages? Like, it's, I thought it was more than that. It's like 220, isn't it? Something like that. Regardless. Somewhere around. I, 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 I was happy to read it. Only 100 pages of fun? Yeah. Uh, Peter Paris, where can people find more of you online? Uh, I am on Twitter. I'm at Pajamo, and then, um, which is my Instagram also. Uh, but I actually have not been uh, writing as of late. I've just been uh, been very grateful to be on these podcasts lately. So, so find Peter I'll... on more podcasts. Right, more podcasts. <laughs> yes. um, yeah. Uh, find me on Instagram, Oakley Doakley, and Twitter.com slash Moose, hashtag OutNightNights14. Uh, and hashtag send Abe clowns of course you can find Please me over at send Abe clowns you can find me over at uh at on twitter at aaron's ps4 you can find me writing on my blog at the um you can find other episodes of this podcast at out now at on itunes and on audio boom or we got our facebook and our twitter you know how all this works yeah. it's our we're all we're, we're on the internet it's our bonus episode so you're like the special fans that are like we need to see, we need to get more of this in a week for yeah. some reason i don't know why that <laughs> maybe they get maybe i heard the guests were on it they're pretty cool uh but once again thank you guys for joining us thank you listeners for listening to us continue to talk about it uh, i'm very curious how it's going to do this weekend because i want to i, I, I want to know where the buck stops with this movie because <laughs> it's made a lot of money like throughout this week um, it's been making money but yeah uh, that's going to do it for this week's night's episode so until next time so long and goodbye send a clowns <laughs>